Fantastic. If you've got your Bibles, come with me to Psalm 23. <clears throat> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, this is probably the most loved, the most quoted of all psalms. More hymns have been written from Psalm 23 than any other. Probably not written when David was just a shepherd boy because there's probably too much depth, as you'll see, and maturity in the psalm. But David knew by experience a shepherd's heart. And so we're going to have a look at this and uh, see what we can uh, receive from the Lord and trust you'll be encouraged by it. So just starting in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. John 10 verse 10 says, I am the good shepherd. So he's not only a shepherd, he's a good shepherd. So good is uh, from the Greek word kalo, which means uh, not only of just high moral character, but also excellent in his profession. So Jesus is excellent, outstanding, exceptional at being a shepherd. He's your shepherd. You are in very good hands. He's the master at looking after his sheep. But it also says there, the Lord is. Everyone say, is my shepherd. No ifs, no maybes, no I hope so. No, he is my personal shepherd. And uh, just like you say, well, this is my mom, this is my dad, you can say, Jesus is my shepherd. Shepherd. We're not uh, alone in trying to make it through life. The most powerful, wonderful person watches over our every step. He leads us, he guides us. He is your and my shepherd. Is is present tense. So not was your shepherd, although that's true. Not will be your shepherd, though that's true. But he is today, right now, where you're at, where you're sitting, what's happening in your life right now. He is the most powerful person in the universe, is watching over your every single step and is planning good things. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me, not might follow me, will follow me all the days of my life. And he is my shepherd, which is extremely personal. Isn't it incredible what the Bible's like? It's not the Lord is our shepherd. No, no, the Lord is my personal, individual shepherd. It's like he gets as close as he possibly can, and he wants you to know how much he is your shepherd. Now, one of the things about shepherds is, uh, about sheep, sorry, is the amazing relationship they have with their shepherd. It's true in the natural as in the spiritual. John 10.3 says, the sheep hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You know what would happen with sheep, sheep, the flocks? At night, often they'd be put with a porter, and he'd watch over them. And all the flocks from different shepherds all come together, and uh, 
all mix and mingle and drink and have water and all the rest of it. And you'd wonder, because all sheep look the same, don't they? You'd wonder how will they ever know which shepherd to follow the next day? But what happens is this, is that the next day or whenever it is, the shepherd just returns to his flock and he calls them. And they all come out and all of them follow exactly the right shepherd. Even though there might be 10 flocks and 10 different shepherds, every individual sheep goes to the right shepherd. And the reason for that is they know his voice. The reason they know his voice is because they've been with the shepherd so much. All the time out in the fields, they're just with the shepherd. And so, having been with him for so long, just like that, they recognize their shepherd's voice. And friends, that's how it should be for you and me. To recognize our shepherd's voice should not be a hard thing. It should not be difficult if you spend plenty of time with your shepherd. <laughs> if you don't do that, then well, it could be quite difficult. But anyone who will consistently get close to the shepherd, recognizing his voice, just not that difficult. And the thing is that you need to recognize his voice because there's seasons in your life where you really need to hear it. And you can't suddenly think, man, I'm in a desperate situation. God, what are you saying to me? And, you know, you've barely read your Bible, prayed, or even been in church. It's going to be very hard to pick up his voice. And what's going to happen? You'll hear a wrong voice. And you're just going to lose the way. And so all of us have a God-given ability. Hey, look, if these sheep out on the fields can hear God's voice, or hear, hear their shepherd's voice, clearly, how much more can we? See, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a D, it's our DNA to hear his voice. It's in us. Just got to kind of work on it and develop it. It says in John 10 that the shepherd calls them by name. Isn't that interesting? God knows your name. You're not one of billions of people. Now, he knows you by name. Isaiah 49, verse 1, before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. So, while I was in my mother's womb, let's say just after I was born, God looked down and said, Tuck, you're my man. Well, I wasn't then, but you're going to be. So, as soon as I was born, he, he called me by name. Isn't that cool? You know, even though your parents probably hadn't even decided, sometimes haven't even decided the name, but God's, God already knows what name it's going to be. Even while you're in the womb, he knew your name. So I just hope the parents got the right name as well. Okay. So John uh, 20, 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. There's something special, isn't there, when you're called by name? You know, when someone important calls you by name, it's like something just rises within you. Well, God calls you by name. Then it says, I shall not want. So when you've got a shepherd who's looking after you, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What an amazing statement. Wow. I wonder how many of us could stand up and say, I have want of nothing. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be that easy to say, would it? But what a place to come to when you can say, I lack nothing. 
I lack nothing. That doesn't mean you have everything you want. It's a difference, isn't it? I lack nothing. The thought of not wanting speaks of deep contentment, satisfaction. And that's what should happen as we walk more and more with Jesus. Let you in on a little bit of a secret right now. And that is, the last three months of my life have probably been the most wonderful I've ever known. And it's like God's drawn close, real close. And uh, I just have the feeling he's getting me ready for the most fruitful years of my life. I thought someone might get excited about that, but it's all right. That's all right. You're probably sitting there thinking, why you? Why not me? So a great expectation for 2015. Huge expectation. And, uh, but, but the point I'm trying to make is that with it, there's this deep satisfaction. Can I say I shall not want? Wow, probably pretty close. The Lord is my shepherd. If you walk with your shepherd, get close to your shepherd, it's, it's remarkable. It really is. And any good shepherd will, of course, care for and provide for all the needs of his sheep. You can't imagine a shepherd saying, hey, you sheep, you're not going to get any food today. You'd be naughty. No water for you. you know, no pat on the head. No, no, no. A worldly shepherd would never do that. What about the great shepherd of the sheep? Surely, surely he's going to look after us and take care of us. Water, grass, that's what the shepherd provides. Philippians 4.90, my God shall supply all your Need. Let's go to 80, Psalm 84. Are we all right this morning? 8411, Psalm, says, The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. Wow. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So God's not going to withhold any good thing from you. If something's withheld, this is my theory, either... It's not right for us, or it's going to come at a future time. One or the other. But if you can, with all your heart, say, the Lord, means he's Lord of your life, not the Savior is my shepherd, not the healer is my shepherd, not the deliverer is my No, no, the Lord, he's Lord, you're fully submitted to him in all of your life. If you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, then you'll be able to say, I shall not want. But if you can't say the Lord is my shepherd, it's going to be hard to say I shall not want. Some people want I shall not want without making him Lord. Savior, fine. Healer, fine. Provider, fine. Lord, no. Sorry to mess up the message, but that's what it says. Francis Crosby, when six years old, caught a cold. It was back in 1820, so in ignorance, the doctors prescribed hot mustard dressing to be applied to the baby's inflamed eyes. The result was she was permanently blinded. She never considered herself unfortunate. Now, how do you get to that place? Many of us are not blind, but we consider ourselves unfortunate. She once remarked that she would not accept eyesight even if God gave it to her. The first face she wanted to see was the face of Jesus. 
By eight years old, she displayed a skill for writing music. Blind. In time, she would write more than 8,000 hymns. Blind. Her most famous, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Why do I share that story? Because if you stay close to the shepherd, you can say, I shall not want, even if you're blind. I think we underestimate the power of our shepherd and how he can work in our lives and how wonderful our lives can be, even in the midst of turmoil, stress, and difficulty. He's a master shepherd. So even if life's gone all wrong, he can still bring a person to the place of saying, I shall not want. I want to look now at what sheep are like, and uh, some of you may be offended at some of this, but um, it's just the truth. Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. Psalm 100 verse 3, we are the sheep of a pasture. We repeatedly call sheep, sheep, you're sheep, we're all sheep. Tell the next person to, next to you to say, you're one of God's sheep. So listen. Yeah, okay. I'm going to show you some qualities. And the reason I'll show you these, because it, 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 once you've seen these qualities, you're going to think, we're going to all conclude we desperately need a shepherd. Okay, number one, sheep are one of the dumbest animals. <laughs> you are dumb. I say that from authority. And so am I, dumb as well, all right? So don't take offense. Have you ever done something dumb? Raise your hand if you've never done something dumb. Never. There you go. Everyone's dumb. <laughs> Conclusion. Okay. Have you ever seen other Christians do something dumb? Like you see them do something, you think, man, that is so dumb. How can you do that? Then if you look at your own history, you think, man, I've done something as dumb as that as well. So left to themselves, sheep do not do well at all. They'll go to the wrong places. They'll get themselves in all kinds of dangers. You know, I'm always amazed. I always have been at Christians who drift away from God, thinking that Christianity is not meeting their expectations. So they drift away and usually end up far worse in greater strife, sometimes like the prodigal son in the pig's pen, but at least he had the sense to come back fully to the father. If you are drifting, if you're wandering away, if you are thinking Christianity is not delivering the goods for you, can I urge you to fully return to the Lord? Because the world will never satisfy. It gives abundance of promises, but never delivers. Jesus is a cup that won't run dry. He will satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. Stay close to the shepherd. He is the only answer. He is the only way. You know, our world has said, we don't need a great shepherd. We're not dumb. We're smart. We can put a man on the moon. We're clever. We can work life out. Have a look at the world and see what a job they've done of it. It's a total disaster because they said we don't need a shepherd. We are not dumb. Yes, they are. Dumber than they think. Another thing about sheep is they easily panic. 
They're serious because they, run a, they can quickly run in the wrong direction or fall in a ditch. We've all seen people do it. Panic. I remember reading the story of this Christian man. Or I'm not sure he's a Christian, but he, this man got very, very depressed. One day he's just driving down the country, New Zealand, sees a farm for sale, goes in and buys it. Total disaster. Wrecked his life and his finances. Just in a moment of desperation, moment of panic. Can I say this to you? Never make decisions in the midst of a storm. Never make a decision when you're panicking or when you're frustrated. It's a dumb time (laughs) to make a decision by a dumb sheep. Don't do it, all right? Don't do it. It gets worse. You think I've given you the good part so far. Number three is sheep follow other sheep without thinking. All we like sheep have gone astray. Isn't that true? You've seen in the pictures, hey, one sheep jumps over a fence, they all jump. You know? You know, that's why they say count sheep. They all just jump one after another. <clears throat> they love to copy. If one goes over a cliff, guess what? They all go over the cliff. Sheep, dumb. (laughs) But as Christians, we need to be very careful because we can just follow others into trouble. So one Christian gets offended, so we pick up their offense. I'm offended too. We just copy. If one Christian that we know goes in a certain direction that you thought, oh, I wouldn't normally go that direction, so what? Just follow. We easily follow. We're easily led by other Christians. And the key is we've got to be closer to the shepherd than to other Christians. You got that? So you don't have a borrowed faith off your friends or your parents or anyone else like that. Got to have your own personal relationship with God. You know, one bad Christian, if that's such a word, can actually easily influence you in the wrong direction. So we're not to copy, but sheep love to copy. And so we've got to be really careful that we don't do too much of that. Not stray away, but keep close to our shepherd. You know, when a sheep would continually stray from the shepherd, sometimes he would take the lamb and break its leg. I've read this, and it seems so cruel. But then he would carry that sheep in his arms and look after it. They found this. When the leg had healed, that sheep would never wander again because it got used to being so close the shepherd and didn't want to be away from him. And I want to suggest this, that one of the purposes of trials in our lives is to draw us close to our shepherd. And when the trial passes, guess what? We still want to come close, to stay close to him because we've come into a new relationship with him and we're enjoying that closeness so we don't wander away from him. Now, I know that's really true in my own life. See, 
And what I've done and through life, there's been a lot of challenges, a lot of disappointments, a lot of hurts over the years. And to do what I do and to keep doing it, I have to continually press into God. If I stop pressing into God, <laughs> I, I, I would really struggle. It's, it's just, the, you know, the challenges, of all, the, all the stuff that happens. So in some ways for me, survival is I just got to get into God and pray and seek Him on a continual, regular basis. But the, the, the fantastic thing is this, that as a result of that, I end up closer to the shepherd than I otherwise would. Then when I've got closer to the shepherd, I just want to stay close to the shepherd because there's nothing more wonderful than being close to the shepherd, getting in his presence and enjoying that. There's nothing more delightful than that. And so in some ways, you, you can thank God for the trials because they push you into God, you get closer to him, and hey, that's the ultimate prize in life. Sheep have no defense mechanism. They're one of the most defenseless of all animals. Did you know that? So they have no weapons of t attack. They don't kick, they don't fight, they don't scratch. Sheep. Well, I know a lot of sheep in churches, and they certainly can kick and scratch and fight, so I don't know where that one came from. So <laughs> We would tend to say, God, sheep have plenty of fight. But maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Ephesians 6.12, have a look at this. What does it say there? Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. But I think for a lot of Christians, like there's a whole battle out there, principalities, powers, rulers, and darkness. But I think a lot of us stop at, we do not wrestle. We don't. Hey, come out. Don't talk to me about the devil and principal. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm not interested. So maybe we don't have a lot of fight. And what about 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9? It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That person is you. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So here's another battle that takes place. It says, hey, be sober, be vigilant. You know, the devil's after you. Now you, you stand up and fight. Resist him. Command him to go in Jesus' name. Use your authority. Do some spiritual warfare. Command. And I think a lot of Christians say, oh, no, no, sorry. No, no, that's, that, Pastor, that's for you. That's for the spiritual giants, not for me. So maybe we don't really fight very much. That's what sheep are like. And then we wonder why, you know, on, my honest opinion, we put up with far too much. We do. Things happen, and this is going on, this is troubling you here, and this problem there, and this stress there, and that. We kind of think, man, it's hard. And I sort of think, well, how much are you fighting this thing? How much are you getting before you? Have you tried prayer and fasting? You know? So maybe it's true. Maybe we aren't that good at fighting. But we can't defeat the enemy ourselves. But with our good shepherd, we can. You know, sheep are one of the only animals almost totally dependent on a shepherd to protect them. Yeah, one of the few. A lot of other animals, they can protect themselves. But sheep, they can't. They, they need the shepherd to protect them. What do we learn from that? 
stay close to the shepherd. So he can protect you and watch over you and care for you. A couple more points and then I'm done. Number five is this. They're not good in the wilderness. Now this is really important, really important. They're not good in the wilderness. What does that mean? So they're very ignorant at survival in the wilderness. So they'll almost always wander into trouble. As God's sheep, can I say that you and I generally are not good in the wilderness. When it gets tough, when there's problems, when there's stresses, trials, heartbreaks, disappointments, hurts, we're not good in those situations. We will easily make mistakes, wrong responses, wrong attitudes, self-pity, all of that stuff floods so easily. You know, it's just we don't handle it well. As a general rule, I mean, some of us may be different. And so what we need when we're in the, we need our shepherd. But we also need trusted advisors, mentors, leaders, others who can counsel us and guide us and help us through the wilderness times because they're going to come. They happen to everybody. But some of us try and make it through in our own ability, strength, and wisdom, and we just make a mess of things. The children of Israel had great promises, did they not? But between where they were and the promises was a wilderness. What happened? They crashed in the wilderness and they never made it to the promises of God. And some of you today are in a wilderness and how you handle that wilderness is going to determine your future and your destiny. And some of you may need to get help. You may need to get counsel, advice, humble ourselves, cry out to God and say, Lord, I'm in a wilderness. I'm not good at this. I acknowledge that. God, would you help me? Would you send friends to help me, mentors, advisors, so you can make it through the wilderness between you and the promises of God is this wilderness that you must get through. But with God's help, and the help of others around you, you can make it through. But friends, you and I know our nation is full of Christians who crashed in the wilderness and will never enjoy the amazing promises of God. Friends, if you're in a wilderness tonight, welcome to the world. That's how it is. Children of Israel from whom we are to learn demonstrate to us. You see what they did in the wilderness? They complained. They murmured. They grumbled. They did it all wrong. But you and I don't need to do that. Finally, sheep have no sense of direction. Jeremiah 10, 23. It's not a man who walks to direct his own steps. Sheep are not good on their own. If you're an independent kind of a person, trouble's ahead. Because <laughs> we're not good on our own. We're not good independent. We need, that's why small groups are so important. We need people around us that can lead us and guide us. When sheep stray from the flock, they usually wander around and around in circles until the enemy finds them and destroys them. So I trust as I finish up, the musicians can come. It's clear that as God's sheep, we desperately need a shepherd. Every one of us. And the good news is this, the most wonderful shepherd of all, Jesus himself, is available to you and me individually 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, every day of your life.
as we stay close to our shepherd, we can hear his voice. We can be wise, not panic, not just follow what other sheep do into trouble. We can defeat the enemy. We can make it through the wilderness. We can be led by God and inherit all the blessings he has for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen?